my snake shed today. And snakes are always more active after they shed, so if you hear some rustling or other sounds today, assume that it's him. Hey y'all, welcome to Fast Facts for Gen Z. I'm your host, Callie, and I don't know anything about anything. Come with me while I explore the world, and I'll tell you everything you ever and never wanted to know through the eyes of Gen Z. Today's episode, College Board, the SATs, and why I avoid AP classes if I can help it. Full disclosure, y'all, I've tried to write this episode like three times already, but I just wasn't feeling inspired about it. Today, though, it feels better. First things first, what is College Board? College Board, the company, was founded in 1899, and its original purpose was to make higher education more accessible. Its name would have you think that it's a collection of colleges or perhaps a group of people who are connected to colleges, but that isn't quite it. College Board creates a system of standardized testing, entrance exams, curriculums, and financial aid profiles that can be applied broadly to many high schools and colleges. This standardizes the admissions and education processes a little more, which is useful. Let's go through each of the things that College Board does, because like any successful company, it does way, way more than you would ever think. Don't worry, I won't go through it all, but I'll give you the highlights. Let's start with the SATs. The SAT is a long standardized exam given to high schoolers as one of those big important test scores they send to colleges and universities so they can decide whether we get to give them money or not. I think it was originally called the scholastic aptitude test or scholastic assessment test or something, but it doesn't really matter because now it doesn't mean anything and it's just the SAT, which, okay, sure. It's different every year, but the vibes are the same. There's two math sections, one with a calculator and one without, a reading section and a, a writing or grammar section. There's also an essay with some of the tests you can sign up to take, but it isn't required. It's generally assumed that every high schooler will take the SAT at some point. Some may take it several times. Some colleges require SAT scores to apply. Oh, did I mention the test costs $49.50 without the essay? And if you want to take it with the essay, which provides you a more interesting score, it's $64.50. Let's move on, shall we? College Board offers uh, a scored practice test for the SAT called the PSAT. I assumed it means uh, practice SAT, but I googled it and I was wrong. It means preliminary SAT. Because sure, why not? <laughs> there are several versions of the PSAT. It, it depends on what grade you're in. And they want to... Uh, to give an accurate projection of what you might get on the SAT when you take it uh, however many years down the line. But uh, 
the one for juniors, the PSAT slash NMSQT, lets you qualify for the, the National Merit Scholarship. That's the NMS part. Well, lets you qualify is not the right phrase. <laughs> the scoring requirements are murky at best, and only like 8,000 or so students actually get a scholarship from it. Basically, once I read the fine print on my qualifying letter, where it told me that they would tell me if I was a semifinalist a year from then, I stopped caring about that scholarship. I'll pass College Board. It's going to be okay. The PSAT costs $17 to take. Oh, lovely. It's time to talk about AP classes. AP stands for Advanced Placement, and it's a system designed to offer college credit to high schoolers for free, or at least a very, very reduced cost than actually taking the classes at college. These classes replace uh, normal normal high school credits, like uh, uh, you could take uh, AP Environmental Science instead of uh, Earth and Environmental, or you could take um, AP European History. The students are taught um, more rigorous curriculums that, uh, that College Board designs themselves, and then the students are tested on it at the end of the year in a long exam to determine their score on a one to five scale. Each college or university decides whether to accept AP test scores as credit hours and exempt you from some classes, and no college accepts scores of one or two. So how do you pass or get a three? Nobody knows. It's different for each class, I think. AP exams cost $94 each. And if you register for an exam, but later decide not to take it, that's an extra $40 as a cancellation fee. Or you do what I did and fight the system and the teachers and the guidance counselors and refuse to register for tests you don't want to take, even if it meant I couldn't do some of the assignments for the class. I'll explain more about that process later, but let's talk about the assignments thing. You see, there's this new program from College Board, I guess it's new, called AP Classroom, where teachers can assign practice tests and other assignments that are closer to what may actually be on AP exams. Except you can't access AP Classroom for a specific course if you aren't registered for the exam, which, remember, costs $94 per test. For context, I took three AP exams last year. I could have taken four. My sister took at least that many. I don't remember. In my state, the exam fees are paid for by the state government, but not the cancellation fees, and the money still comes out of the state budget that could be spent on other things. Our tax dollars, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring in the tax dollars, pay for AP exams. Yes, fee waivers for College Board tests are available and are fairly easy to get. However, it's been stated by College Board themselves that test practice and tutoring provide a significant score boost, but only with their own test prep programs 
yeah, college board. We know that studying improves test scores. But not everybody can afford tutors or the new SAT prep books that come out every year. And when I say every year, I mean every year. For example, my sister took AP Environmental Science in 2019 and bought the exam prep book for that year. I took the class the following year and used the same book to study, but you can bet that there were plenty of AP Environmental Science 2020 books for me to pick from if I had chosen to do that. Not that any of them could have been much use given the AP situation in 2020, but we'll get to that later. I think I should also mention that College Board is a not-for-profit organization. No, I don't mean non-profit. A not-for-profit organization is one whose purpose is technically not to earn profits, which makes them exempt from taxes by the government. In theory, yeah, that checks out. College Board wasn't started to earn a profit. It was to standardize college admissions and provide better access to higher education. But why are their programs so expensive? Why do they run so many programs? Why do they aggressively advertise their program where you can apply to college directly through them when there are others that are more widely accepted? Because they want to make a profit. Their purpose is to make a profit. Business rhetoric is meant to trick you into believing that capitalism is morally good and it is dangerously effective. I'm not saying that it's morally bad. Businesses are inherently amoral, having no morality. But the people who run them want to turn a profit and it is in their best interest to convince you that they are God's gift to humanity. Let there be no confusion here. College Board is a large commercial entity that does not pay taxes on the revenue it receives from teenagers. <sighs> I'm sure you've noticed that my tone has become steadily more distasteful as I've been talking about this. It's time we get into why I refuse to take AP classes anymore. First of all, I don't believe that they're helpful. I mean, in an educational sense, I don't think that an AP class is comparable to a college class. How could it be? The format of high school classes is drastically different from college classes, and even between high schools, classes are different. My school is on a block schedule, so some people take a semester-long AP class in the fall and don't take the exam until May. Some people take a year-long AP class or two that prevents them from taking the electives they want or need to take because of scheduling. Most of all, high schoolers are simply not learning the same way that college students are learning. Our teachers, oh, our poor teachers, I love them so much, they try so hard. They're forced to take college-level material and shovel as much of it into us as they can before the semester runs out, using any methods they can think of to actually get 
our teenage brains to learn. I cannot name an AP class that I have taken that I think has adequately taught me what a college course would teach me. That's partially why I wouldn't take the AP psychology exam last year. I knew I would get a five because I did really, really well in the class, but I also knew that it would exempt me from the psychology class I needed for the major I was planning for. And after taking the class, I did not feel like I had a college-level understanding of psychology. So, no exam for me. I had to fight for it, though. I was automatically registered for the exam, so I had to get a teacher to unregister me since students couldn't do it themselves, which is another thing I'm mad about. Please give us our autonomy. Why are you stealing my money? Every teacher and guidance counselor I talked to was so confused and couldn't understand why I didn't want to take an exam I knew I would pass. Some of them blatantly refused to unregister me, and I had to go to others. My reasoning was that I shouldn't have to take an exam that I don't want to take, regardless of whether I have a good reason or not. I didn't want to take the test, and that should have been that. I also think that AP classes place undue stress on high schoolers. Now, I know my English teacher sometimes listens to these, so I'm going to say I know you've heard this before. Let me keep talking. <laughs> There's so much pressure to have the highest GPA, the highest class rank, the best test scores, so that you can even hope to get into the college of your dreams. It's honestly sickening to me how they've turned our education into a competition. It's ridiculous. So you take all of that stress and you slam on a class with college expectations, heavy workloads, and the stories of failure and sleepless nights, and you say, have fun, score a five. At my school, AP calculus is notoriously difficult, and nearly everyone struggles to the point of tears at some point during the class. When this is brought up, all anyone does is shrug and say, that's just how calculus is, even the people in the class. And that confuses me. Not because I don't think calculus is hard. Like, I don't know if there's a teacher in the world that could make calculus easy for everybody. But why should that be how it is? Calculus is hard, yeah. So leave it to college. Why are we teaching 17-year-olds calculus? How many of them need calculus before they finish high school? It's just for the grade, the GPA boost, the little button to press on your college application that says, I took calculus and shows whatever school you're applying to that you're willing to push yourself and you want a challenge. I'm not in the business of making myself miserable for a couple extra GPA points. I don't need calculus. I want to be a lawyer but I'm out of math classes to take because they shove people who are good at math on a pathway 
to get them to calculus so that they can hold up that little sign to that college and say, please take me. They make you. So I'm taking AP statistics. (laughs) Hopefully it'll be helpful and won't make me miserable. Hopefully I'll take it again in college like I'm supposed to, and I'll actually learn. Nobody needs more complaining about how online school in spring 2020 went, so I'll make this section quick. The online AP testing was a fiasco. I was very lucky. It went well for me. But some people couldn't submit their tests. Some people couldn't log on. Some people didn't have internet or technology accessible to them and couldn't take their tests. Not to mention that content got way short, got cut way short, and cut differently for every person in every school. This is sort of a mini conspiracy theory, and I have no sources, so don't quote me on this. But I suspect that the grading was also a disaster and possibly invalid. I saw some people on Twitter saying that They wrote, like, a sentence for an AP language essay and got a five. And other people saying they had been super confident but ended up with a two. People who usually get one score got a weird range, and people like me, who were not confident at all about certain tests, did way better than they think they deserve. Nobody knows what the grading was like last year. And College Board doesn't give you any feedback or even really a score report. They just give you your number. So there's no way to ever know what you did. Long story short, I don't take AP classes anymore unless there are literally no other options. I recognize that this is a privileged experience and the college that is really my dream school, doesn't feel unattainable, and I don't feel like I need every little bit of success I can get to have a hope at the future I want. I know that College Board has taken over college admissions, and that makes it so that some people really feel like they need good SAT scores and good AP scores to get into the college they want and more power to them. It's a hard, hard process. But, speaking from my place of privilege, whether I want to be or not, College Board is my sworn nemesis. Thank you for listening to Fast Facts for Gen Z. You can find me at Fast Facts Pod on Twitter, so feel free to tweet me anything you want to hear about. This is Callie, signing off.